What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. So right off the bat, guys, if you're like, who the fuck is this? It still is Nick James. I am still here. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm not sure how much it's affecting my voice, but I do know it's affecting energy levels. But I guarantee you, no invasion of the body snatcher bullshit is going on. My name is Nick James. You have just started another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. I'm going to put you up to speed so we can all hang out for this episode and know what's going on. The name of the show is also three topics in which we talk about. So Buds revolves around marijuana and the culture. In the bros section, I've got one of the broiest bros I've ever broed with, man. He's one of the most original bros on here. Mr. Roy is back for another episode. Please, Roy, say hello. Hello. Thanks for letting me be here again. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. We've already racked up about 20 minutes off mic. So it's probably going to be another long one. It might be a short one because I'm sick. I don't know. It's going to be whatever it is. It's going to be. Am I right? You are right. <laughs> In the superhero section, we are doing something a little different today. So normally it's it's about exactly that, superheroes. You could think Marvel, DC, Dark Horse. I went Harry Potter to kind of shake things up. And now today I'm going one step further with the shaking it up and maybe losing all ties to superheroes. I don't know. I'm going to see how far I could stretch to get to this. But we're going to talk about jackass today. And that's when a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, let's see how this fucking does it. Wee Man wears a little suit that has a cape on it sometimes. Ryan Dunn went by the pseudonym Random Hero. And to be honest, as we were kids watching these shows, they were more heroic to us than superheroes. So I think I did it. I think, you know, in my little world in which it is my show and I can do whatever the fuck I want anyways, I think I actually grasped at some pretty good straws to make that jackass fit into superheroes. What do you think? Yeah, I I do think that. I think uh, in so many ways, when kids our age, uh, at the time of Jackass, when it first started, you know, we were like 11, 12, 13 years old. I don't know what this says about me, but they were very much like my superheroes. Like this is, it was like pro wrestling and Jackass where they were my superheroes. So this is like the most superhero-y superhero episode for me that we can talk about. So I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Fucking counts, dude. They are heroes. Yeah, it absolutely counts. If all that sounds good to you, hopefully you guys have already smashed that subscribe button, hit like, all those fun things on the internet. But if not, we could start that now getting into the show proper, like we always do, getting into the bud section. The bud section is filled with marijuana news, but to be just dead honest, guys, as mentioned, I'm sick. And this is something weird about me. I don't smoke when I'm sick. I just, I feel like weed doesn't work. I don't know if it's just me. If you guys want to like leave a comment and say, I don't smoke when I'm sick either. I don't know if it's all the phlegm that just sucks up the THC and holds it. So it can't get to my, like, I just feel like it doesn't work. So I'm technically not really smoking on anything. I have a pen just to say I didn't not smoke, but I feel like it's a waste. I don't, I don't get anything off that. What's in that pen? What kind of weed is that pen? Damn, dude, I wish I could actually remember because it was so good. It was like a strawberry something. I don't know. I got a rhythm battery on there, which I just picked up from Harvest. They're awesome, dude. I went in there and I was like, I have a container. I don't have a battery. And they're like, okay. And they just gave me it. Here you go. Well, we're ready for that shit. It's an auto draw. It works great. So all you have to do is just. There you go. And it goes for you. But I'm telling you, as I inhale it, Ooh, exhale it too, I'm telling you, it's just, it's not working. I don't feel what I normally feel. it. I think it's all blocked up in here. Where all that beautiful mucusy sound is coming from, it just all the smoke stays there and doesn't get to me. That's I I think that sounds uh, not only scientific but correct. I think that's probably you're spot on there, pal. Is it always been that way for you? Anytime you're sick, it just doesn't work for you. Yeah, 
anytime. Well, maybe not sick, sick. So if I have like a stomach something, sometimes I can get sure. high. And then it'll help settle that down. But whenever it attacks my head like this, it's just like, no, your head's already preoccupied with feelings. <laughs> like it's not going to get, you're not going to get a head high right now because your head weighs yeah. about 6 billion pounds of boogers. <laughs> Are you like a, uh, do you have a preference between like head or body high? I'm looking up really quick. Hold on. Yeah. Are you looking up? Is it possible to get stoned when you're sick? (laughs) (laughs) That's the most stoner thing someone could ever look up. So I did. I did find something right away because, of course, the Internet's great. You can go to healthline.com slash cold slash cold flu slash smoking weed with a cold. (laughs) (laughs) So you may also find that your body responds differently to weed when you're sick. Both smoking weed and common illnesses such as flu can cause fatigue, chills, and headaches. You may feel these effects more intensely when you're sick. Oh, so this shit's saying that I should be getting higher. No. Mm, Interesting. But I think that's more so... You're not, those are like flu-like symptoms. You're not experiencing flu-like symptoms. You're just really congested and kind of tired. I think that's what it is. Yeah, congested is definitely the word because I could feel yeah. it. Like it feels like there's two little weights sitting right on the edge salads of my nose, right in but the sinus if, cavities. If you felt like right now I need to go to the grocery store, could you get in your car and drive to the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking about something different than what you have. Good call. You could for all, I mean, I'm, I'm not your doctor. Uh, if you need a doctor, though, I'm I'm your man. You might just have like allergies or maybe an allergic reaction or like, yeah, like a little light head cold. Doesn't mean you that's like when you have the flu and your body can't like handle things. Yeah, I could imagine we'd really kind of messing you up because your body like everything feels more extreme when you're sick, including weed. But yeah, that's interesting. I was at Disney once and you're going to be like, wow, what a fucking segue. What are we talking about, Nick? Hold on, it'll make sense in a second. I think it was Epcot, and they had a go inside your body kind of thing, and it came with a little ride in oh. which like a little man is actually operating yourself. So it's kind of like their follow-up movie, like two decades later, of Inside Out, where there's a bunch oh. of people, but there was one main operator in that brain, and then they would like call on little televisions, like, hey, let's talk to the stomach. What's going on down there? And a man that was dressed like a stomach or in the stomach or something would be like, we're getting a lot of stuff down here. I don't know what to do. We've got to send it back up. And then the kid would puke and everybody would be like, oh, that's how that works. But that's not how that works. That's still how I like to pretend it works. So I can see my little guy with the flu and it's just like, dude, we're trying to get you better. And you just keep putting smoke in here. Stop. Yeah. We have enough problems as it is. We don't have to be high, too. And that was a long, really long-winded roundabout way of saying, I think there's a little man in my head controlling me and a little man in my stomach controlling that. And You know what's funny, though? It shows you, like, I don't know how similar but different pages we're on when it comes to that because you're like, oh, it's like that movie Inside Out, you know? And I'm like, before you said that, I was thinking, oh, it's like Osmosis Jones. <laughs> it's, it's just like Osmosis Jones. Dude, I just I, I bought that movie. Yeah, I just yeah. watched it. <clears throat> You're right. With yeah, and I should go to that one first because Bill fucking Murray. Right. Yeah, I think Chris Rock's the voice of like the animated guy inside yep. of Bill Murray. And then uh, the the Fraser guy. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Niles. Uh, it, he's Drake. Kelsey Grammer or Niles, the guy uh, who plays Niles. One of them. I don't know. They're the same fucking balding British man to me. I hate that show. <laughs> You know what's funny? I, I you telling me this makes me think of. Um, do you ever do the the whole edible thing? You ever get in on edibles? Sure. Yeah. I um, went to Colorado 
I was in Colorado for a long weekend a, a couple of years back and um, we rented a car myself and a buddy of mine and it was my first ever time in a weed store like that was my first weed store experience it was in Colorado and we bought like two or three joints and uh, like a bag of like gummy edibles and <laughs> we're not the heaviest of heavy weed smokers you know and in Austin there's no weed stores so you get what you can get and you know it is kind of what it is it's the wild west and uh the first time we smoked this like weed i ended up my friend ended up falling asleep for like two and a half hours and i ended up face down on a pillow listening to hip-hop as loud as i and i didn't know any of the words i didn't know anything that was going on and um we ended up going to there's like an amphitheater in like kind of like the mountains of Colorado, like the Red Rocks Amphitheater or something that it's called. Yeah. yeah. And in during the day, it's just like a place where people go and work out, essentially. Like they just like run the steps and they just like, it's very strange. It's a very strange experience. And it was our last day there and I had these gummies and I was like, we're going to have to throw these out. I got to eat these. Just got to, just got to eat them. And I ate them and then we were like walking around and I had forgotten that I had eaten them. And I was like, oh, I think, I think I might be getting sick. Like, I think maybe I'm getting a cold because my body feels really weird. Like, I just feel kind of tingly and like, I'm kind of like numb, like what's going on? And then we were driving to the airport and I was like, oh, I'm fucking high. My body is so high. So thinking about body high versus head high and like feeling sick, like that's, that's what I thought of. The story went nowhere. No, it went beautifully because we're still talking about bud in the bud section. And right. it's me to bring up my one story that I do have with edibles. Normally, I can eat edibles and nothing. And I mean that. So I went to Colorado, too, where my wife's girlfriend lived. Like, Colorado's already the mile high state. And this shit was already above sure. that. So long story short, because maybe somebody's heard this out there. We go to the top place. We buy some edibles. And I can't hang at that level. We literally have to come down to Denver to acclimate and stay over because I couldn't hang at that level. Yeah. So those edibles that we bought the first day are still there. I tried them, but nothing. So now that we're down, we go walking around and we go into our own weed store. We buy two things of edibles. So 20 pieces, 10 cookies, 10 gummies. Wow. And I must add like 15 you know, maybe my wife got a few of each, but I'm just sitting there fucking like, let's get, I'm trying to get fucking high right now. Nothing. I'm walking around Colorado with over 200 milligrams of weed in me. Nothing's going on. My wife's girlfriend's husband, he's working. So he comes and pick us up to bring us back up because we are going to stay with them. I literally just needed time to acclimate because my blood was turning to goop. Because right. of the elevation, there was just yeah. not enough air up there, so all the red blood cells. That elevation. No, dude. Anybody who doesn't know, elevation sickness is fucking real. Yeah, it's, it's not only deal. real, but it's goddamn dangerous, and it's not fun at all. In Denver, in grocery stores, they sell cans of oxygen for people. Yep, like, that's how serious that shit is. It's not to be fucked with. Yeah. So the husband's drag driving us home. And I get home and they're like, we're going to go out to dinner soon. And I'm like, all right, let me go take a shower. I open the drawer to get some clothes out and there's the edibles from the first day. And I went, fuck it. What's the matter? <laughs> like, let's just keep going. And I did. And then that was the straw that broke the camel's back. We go yeah. out to dinner and I'm sitting at dinner and 
quote unquote, for anybody who can't see me, because it is so, quote, everybody's staring at me, judging me harshly for how high I am, unquote. In reality, nobody gave a fuck. Nobody was looking at me. But in my head, everybody there was like, how dare you? How dare you come to our beautiful state and take advantage of our marijuana laws and then come to my restaurant high? This is a family establishment and we came to have a nice dinner and your high (laughs) ass is ruining it. Meanwhile, no, nothing. And they were like, dude, you should probably go take a walk. And I was like, all right. And it was in a little mall. So I just did a walk around like the little mall. It was okay. It wasn't as bad as you're thinking. Because I wasn't existentially crisising. I was just sitting there like, wow, you're really high right now. And you weren't ready for that. (laughs) And it lasted for a good half hour. Thank God that the husband was so cool. So I go walking around. They're like, you should go find him just in case. Next door to the, the dinner place is a brewery. So he's got one of those paddles with like the five different beers on it that are really yeah. small. So you, and like, a I'm flight. going to go back in the restaurant and I'm super high and paranoid. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's looking at me. This guy's staring at me. Why is this guy like, is he going to want to fight me? And I'm trying to get to the restaurant. And eventually goes, Nick. And I go, oh, shit, this guy is going to want to fight me. He knows my name. And he goes, dude, it's it's me, dude. Like, it's me. I'm the husband. Like, come sit down. I was like, oh, okay. I thought I was about to have to fight you right now. So edibles are something I haven't tried to fuck with a lot. I make them at home. They don't, again, I, I haven't gotten back to that point. You know, it's funny. Can I just, this is one, one last story for you. Do you saying that made me think of this? And this was like my scariest experience with edibles, I think. I don't know how scary it actually was, but uh, so I'm in Austin, right? I'm in Austin, Texas and down the street, not down the street at all, but four hours away is Dallas and um, it, where the Cowboys play. And I bought tickets, me, a couple of good friends, my brother, we got tickets to go to WrestleMania. We were going to go to WrestleMania. And this is a few years ago. This is 2016, I think. And at the time, my brother and myself and a couple of my good buddies all worked the same company. And we all worked together. And my brother had met this older guy, this older bow-legged bald man, uh, whose wife made edibles like cake balls, like these little cake balls with you know weed in them or whatever. And he started like selling them to my brother. And then we would share them, we'd split them. And most of the time they were they were weak. And it was like, well, whatever, okay. You know, he's like, only take half, it was heavy. Whatever, pal. I'm gonna eat this whole one. And it was fine, it was normal. So we're going to WrestleMania and we're like, wouldn't it be so funny to be just like baked out of our minds for WrestleMania? <laughs> like uh yeah, it would be. And we were sitting like, I don't know, um, if you have if you've ever been to like the Dallas Cowboys like football stadium, but it's like it's huge and it's like the biggest stadium in the country. It's just massive. It can hold like a hundred thousand people. Yeah, but it's it got like hold, a sunroof, right? It's nuts. It's got the biggest LCD screen in America, maybe even in the world. Who knows? And we're sitting literally two rows from the absolute top of the building <laughs> like our seats couldn't have been worse but because of this giant lcd screen it was pretty cool but uh so we get there and my brother's got these like three cake balls no i'm, I'm sorry to, but because when i was thinking though when you're up that high yeah the lcd screen is then eye level with you yeah it's perfect that's fucking yeah, yeah that's great it ended up working out great sort of the wrestlemania itself was bad but also like we get there and you know there's obviously tons of fucking people outside and like wrestling fans wrestlemania is like a comic-con for wrestling fans like it's the biggest event of the year everybody dresses up we didn't dress up but like people come from all over the world to go to wrestlemania and they dress up as their favorite wrestlers they're wearing lucha masks their faces are painted it's a wild scene you know 
And we're standing outside waiting to go in. And there's like hundreds, if not thousands of people around us. And this guy, like the gates open and the people who are working there are like, gates are open. All right, come on in. And I was like, hey, brother, the gates are open. Let's eat these things. Let's get going. You know, we can't bring this inside. So we eat them. And it's like, it takes some time to kick in, like no big deal. But little did we know that there is actually this like snafu with the gates and the gates weren't really open. There weren't really enough people. And it's, we're in the sun. It's mid-April in Dallas and it's hot. It gets hot. You know, we're, we're talking 80s. We're, it's in the 80s. And suddenly I'm like, well, I'm sweaty. Like, oh, we got to go inside soon. This is bad. And then one of my friends like is like, oh, I'm going to go to another gate and see if I can get in. And I was like, all right, like call me and let me know if you can get in and then we'll figure it out. And then like my brother splits off this way and it's just me and one friend. And I'm like, where did everybody go? And I went to go turn. And as I turned, this huge man in this gigantic like horned Lucha Libre mask walks by me and we make eye contact and boom, it hits me. And I'm like, I'm high. <laughs> and then suddenly like we're outside and I don't know where we're going. And I get a call from my friends. He's like, come around to now gate C. Like I'm at gate C. I can get us in. I can get us in. And I was like, I can't leave. I can't leave like our other friends. I can't leave everybody behind. He's like, you got to do it. You got to get in. And it was like I was saying goodbye to a friend in, in war. I was so high. And I was like, you just got to go on without me. You just got to go on. And my we all kind of disappear. And then we all kind of get in in our own way. And then I lose my brother. And, and you know my brother. So you can like kind of really paint a picture for what this is like. And I mean, I didn't know that our tickets were that far up. And I'm like stoned. And I'm like stumbling around. And my mouth is so dry. And <laughs> I finally get up to my seats. And I'm like, <laughs> walking up the stairs to get and then i don't know where my seats are until i see six empty seats and right in the middle of those six empty seats are my brother by himself sipping a giant signature like jumbo drink out of like a wrestlemania cup and he's just giggling uncontrollably to himself and i was like well these are my seats that's funny as fuck it was a really like silly wild experience yeah that was the best part of that whole uh, experience because WrestleMania wasn't very good. Now, anyway. what, what does that mean? Like wrestlers were wrestling well, or? Uh, well, you know, you don't you don't blame the actual wrestlers. Uh, one day, Nick, will uh, I'll, I'll I'll start a wrestling podcast and I'll bring you on and I'll make you uh, listen to me talk about wrestling. But to keep it short, the 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 a lot of wrestlers actually were hurt that year, so a lot of the best wrestlers weren't performing because they were injured, and the the booking. Yeah, like the scripting wasn't very good. So really, at the end of the day, that's the issue, is that the the performers did what they could do, but the, the stories that they were being told to tell weren't good. So those are just some of our edible experiences. Do you guys have any edible experiences? Leave a comment down below, like on Facebook, all those fun things. You could comment, reach out, and tell us about those. Because, yeah, edibles, edibles ain't nothing to fuck with, man. Even if you think that you've... <laughs> You should just be in a safety safe, all right? Be home yeah. when you're going to fuck with an edible for the first time. And then once you know about it, then I would say take it out into the real world. Yeah, don't go to WrestleMania. <laughs> don't, go to, don't do edibles and go to WrestleMania. Don't do edibles and be in the heights of Colorado. <laughs> don't do those things. Just put on an Adam Sandler movie and hang out. <laughs> Those are words of wisdom right here coming from Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. But we are going to close on out of the Bud section and open up into the Bros section 
I am a huge person on HBO Max. When that shit came out, I, I needed it because I fucking love HBO. I love everything that they make. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, so you must love The Sopranos. And that was the one where every time somebody'd say that shit to me, I'd be like, that's the one I haven't seen yet. And they'd be like, how do you say you love HBO but don't know The Sopranos? So I, I started to fix that. Six seasons in, I think I've only got like 20 something left to go. I don't know. I'm not counting. Because the last season is 6A and 6B. Yeah. So there should be 13 episodes a season. In 6A, there's 12. In 6B, I think it's only 9. I think there's like 8. 8 or something like that. Yeah. It's it's something very strange. So really, it's in my opinion, it's not... A, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Anyway, I've watched a shit ton of episodes, so I'm pretty yeah. deep in. Long, long introduction of me getting around to this fucking story. Sorry, boy. No. My no question, problem. though, is as I'm kind of setting all this up, I thought to myself, let's just say... Tony Soprano or the Tony Soprano of your town. You know who he is, but he do, you don't know who. You know what I mean? But you think that the Tony Soprano of your town walks up to you and he's like, hey, I hear what you're doing. That's great and all that, but fuck it. Fuck all that noise. I got a job I need done. Only you could do it. We'll make sure you stay well. Again, you don't know what the job is, but you know what the job is. Are you going to go ahead right now and just kind of give up what you have in terms of security of not going to jail for your job i don't i don't know what you do actually but i don't think it's illegal it's not <laughs> it's not no. no you know would you would you would all that would having the feds beyond your ass would having every single step you take be worth also being a made fucking man what a long dumb intro sorry but yeah pretty much no. would you join the mafia is what i'm asking you <laughs> yeah that's a that's that's such a funny question and i think when i was maybe 10 years younger I would have probably maybe said yes. But after watching The Sopranos, which I've seen multiple times at this point, and getting older, no, fuck that shit. No, I don't think at the end, because the thing is, it's not like I would have to just worry about the, you know, the FBI, the CIA, the local, well, you don't even look, you don't have to worry about the local police necessarily because you pay them off. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. But like, FBI, CIA, life in prison, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you don't just have to worry about that. You also have to worry about the people that you work with being in a bad mood and then you getting killed. There is no, there is no situation in which I win in that scenario. I am so afraid to break the law that, like, if someone, I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm, I'm nearing production on a short film that I wrote and I don't need a lot of money to make it. Uh, but it's enough money that I need where it's like, well, I might need to get a second job for like two to three months to make sure that I can pay for this thing and not, you know, deplete my savings or not pay my rent or whatever. Like I need just a little extra capital for the next few months. If he came to me and he said, Hey, I heard that, uh, that's my really bad Tony Soprano impression. Uh, like, hey, I heard that you uh, you want to make this movie, but you need, uh, you know, $1,500 to do it. I could pay you $1,500 if you drive this car from this spot to this spot over here. I may do that, but I would need to already have a relationship with him. Or like, I'm the clerk at the fucking, you know, deli that he always goes to or whatever. And uh, then it's like, fine, because he would know that that's who I am and that's what I do. And I'll just do this one thing and you'll pay me this money and then I'll walk away. Maybe I would do that, but like to him to be like, hey, I need someone to cook my books full time. Do you want to come on and cook the books? I'll make sure you treat it real nice. No, no. Witness protection program sounds kind of fun, though. I gotta say. Yeah, I've always thought that. 
ever since Joe Dirt when Christopher Walken was in it. <laughs> just kind of starting a new life, getting a new name and just being like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that movie, We're the Millers. Hi, we're yeah. just new here. I remember when we were in like fifth or sixth grade, one of the books we read by Lois Lowry was about a family in the Witness Protection Program. And uh, that was my first introduction to the Witness Protection Program. And I was like, that sounds kind of cool. And that episode of The Simpsons, where they have to go into the Witness Protection Program. Are what you trying the name to... of the book? I don't remember the name of that book, I'm going to be honest with you. But if I saw the cover, I would know. Oh, that's why I know her name. She wrote The Number the number Stars? Yes. Yeah, and we also wrote... read that one, too. That's the one I remember. And that's why I remember the name right off. I'm like, uh, Anastasia Krupnik, A Summer to Die? Messenger? Maybe it was a summer to die. Maybe that was it. Oh, I don't know. That's a pretty the dark giver. Thing. No, the giver's awesome though. Also read the giver too. This was like a lesser known Lois Lowry book. Yeah, I remember that number of the stars one. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah, that was about uh, I think the Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the star isn't like the star. It's like the star of David. The star of David. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't by Lois Lowry. I'm not sure, but for some reason that's what I remember. That's a deep cuts poll, man. That was one of those names where I, I don't think I could have pulled that out anywhere. But the second you said it, I was just like, holy shit, I know that name. Why? Yeah, of course. Her and uh, something Spicoli or something. The woman who wrote Maniac McGee or the man that wrote Maniac McGee. Maniac, Maniac. Yeah. V made us read that one. Yep. 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 And then the and that and then the Outsiders was also like a iconic middle school book. Yeah, I definitely read that one. Yeah. I just had my folks on and I was talking about it. I didn't like reading. And I remember the sixth grade, I got holds and I liked oh, that book. Yeah. And then it was the seventh grade. We read The Outsiders and I liked that book a fuck ton. And then yeah. it, it wanes. <laughs> it comes and goes. But I'm with you. Because I definitely yeah, remember for school. Yeah. Like reading a book the night before it was due of just like, uh oh, uh oh, because I didn't do it at all. <laughs> maybe if i know all the chapter names that'll help me (laughs) it never did kids just read the fucking book yeah read the whole book um but yeah that's you know one time i worked at a deli in newark new jersey it was called hero king and for any of you listeners in new jersey uh, if you ever took the train to uh, Newark Penn Station, it was down the block from Newark Penn Station, Hero King. It was like a little hole in the wall. And the owner, his last name was Campisi. And the owner was kind of like the fuck up in the family. You know, there's always one. And he lucked his way into owning this deli. And he would always say to me, hey, bro, bro, you know that my dad's connected, right? My dad's connected. And I was like, sure, pal, whatever. And then later on, I would talk to some other people, and I was like, you know, this guy's always saying his dad's connected. And they're like, no, his dad's connected. His dad's done time. Like, his dad's fucking connected. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy, you know? And then one day, this guy's like, oh, my dad's going to come in today. And I was like, oh, cool, great. Uh, Like a real live mafia dude, you know? And uh, this guy comes in, and he can't be, like, taller than, like, 5'4", 5'5". He's a little guy. But, like, I suddenly, like, got chilled to my bones. Like this guy just had such presence about him and he spoke very softly and I, I got him a coffee and he was like, put, put some more sugar in that. And I like added a little more sugar and I passed it to him and, I was, and he was like, what do I owe you? And I was like, well, it's your son's deli. Like you don't have to pay. He's like, what do I owe you? And I was like, oh, it's a dollar 50, you know? And he like gave me a dollar 50 and then put $20 in the tip jar. 
and like out of watt, like classic Sopranos, wad of cash, you know, pulls out a 20, puts it in there and just walks out. And I couldn't, I was like, Oh, I got to go take a walk. <laughs> like that was such a, so like, does it feel appealing to me to have that kind of presence? Like people know I'm connected and they're like, Hey, have some peaches. Hey, how's your mom doing? Like that doesn't happen anymore. But in my head, that's how it would go. Uh, yeah, but like ultimately, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go to jail. I'm gonna have to be the other side of that coin and being like, "Yeah, Mrs. Sprano, I quit my job two seconds ago. What you need?" Really? You yeah, would do dude, it? Hell yeah! Because I'm at that point too. Like that's got to be boss. Like you talked about, I mean, you see Tony do it all the time. Of just like, here's a fucking wad of hundreds, and just here, take it, take it, take it. You know, don't worry about it and yeah. shit like that. The problem where it would get too dirty is is in killing. I really don't know if I can murder someone who hasn't done anything to me, which is like, wow, that's such a weird thing to say. But I do feel like if I got angry enough at somebody, like if somebody were to take one of my loved ones, could I get angry enough to hurt them to the point of killing them? Maybe. But it's like, hey, Nick, this is the guy. This guy can't be alive anymore. It's like, why? Don't worry about why. Just go fucking kill him. It's like, that's what I probably (laughs) shouldn't do. But yeah, move this car that has who knows what in the trunk. Yeah, sure. I got you. You know, go to this guy and make your rounds. You know, you got to pick up from the bookies. And like, I don't personally find anything wrong with quote unquote illegal gambling. If you run your own shit compared to because that's just fucking monopolized bullshit. You know, betting is betting, in my opinion. The fact that you have to go to a casino to make it quote unquote legal is horse hockey, if you ask me. So, yeah, go around and make your fucking collections. You got that. And if somebody gives you a problem, you let them know who, who they're actually given a problem. Like, I like yeah. that. It's like, do you know who I work for? And do you know what you're really getting into right now? Because trust me, I like the hard way. I'm trying to keep it the easy way for you. <laughs> just to have that type of mafioso, just like, oh, please, please go ahead. <laughs> Make me do yeah. it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're the, uh, it wasn't in The Sopranos, but there's a movie called The Bronx Tale with Robert De Niro, Chaz Paul Terry. It was his and, uh, debut. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Chaz Palminteri says to the kid, the working man's a sucker. That's you. You're like, the working man's a sucker. I want in. <laughs> Give me in. Fun side story. My sister met him. Which guy? Chaz. Chaz pa- Oh, pa- really? I hear he's like the sweetest guy. So from the story, from what I heard, because I was in there, she was in New York City because one of our cousins is having a batch party. And she's looking at him and he's looking at her. And he kind of starts. He's like, Hi. She goes, hi, I feel like I know you. Like, did, are you from Kenilworth? <laughs> Thinking that it was just, you know, because the place that we grew up, we talked about it in a previous episode. There was a bunch of old school looking Italians who would walk around looking like Charles. But like, yeah. it, that's just. And he's like, nah, nah, I'm not. You have a good day. And then like later on, she saw either a picture. She's like, that's the guy I saw. It's like, yeah, fucking Sprunk's tail. Ash, you suck. You watch Modern Family. You should at least know him as Jay's oh, friend. Modern Family, right. He's got one of my favorite things where like he's uh, in debt, but Jay thinks that he's gay. So Jay's like, listen, if you want to talk to me and open up, you could tell me that you're gay. And he goes, gay? Where'd you get gay? And he goes, well, you're always talking about clothes. He goes, my father was a tailor. Do you know what? If you weren't lending me 10 Gs, I'd crack you in the mouth right now. And he goes, <laughs> will, you, will you take a check? Cash would be better. But anyway, yeah, no, like I do kind of feel that way sometimes of, the working man does suck, you know, kind of going back to, yes, murder and exporting and stuff like that. But why can't we gamble on our own? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, one of the dumbest things. We, I mean, we were small, right? So like who knew who we, we didn't really know what we were talking about, but you used to ask me, Roy, do you think I could kill someone? Do you think I'm capable of killing someone? 
actually, so this is where that came from. I thought about this as I was telling that story. No, I never asked you that. There was a, this is so old that it's a MySpace questionnaire. Oh, my God. You put on your MySpace thing and you're like, if you're my real friend, you can get 100% on this. <laughs> or some bullshit like that. And you're and the question was, could I kill someone? And your answer was yes, comma. But you'd feel really fucking bad about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how you'd react to that answer, but you seem to really like that answer. Because <laughs> I've seen you get really mad, like when you would break your phone and stuff. And then as soon as it was over, you'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you'd feel so done bad. That. Yeah, you'd have like the blood of someone else on your hands and be like, man, I I probably overreacted here. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, just it would not be a it would not because I don't know why I get that or where that rage comes from. And sometimes I got to chill it out. You know, even we go to a small breakfast place and it's small and the parking lot is small. So therefore, the drive to get in is small and some asshole has his giant fucking truck in the fire lane. And there is that part of me that just wants to be like, knock on the window, move your truck. And then have him go, you know, fuck off. I'm like, oh, I'm going to show you what fuck off means to me. You know, and having that power of just like, you don't know who you just told to fuck off. You know, because why the fuck do you get to park in the fire lane when everybody else has a spot? And then my father, being all zen and everything, said, well, Nick, what if he went to pull around the car and he's got a 2000 year old mother who's slowly working her way out and every single step would have been agony to her. So he had to move the car closer. I went, fuck, that's a good point. But I would have parked the car, gone in and picked up my mother and brought her out because I wasn't going to park in the fire lane. What if this place place caught fire? You're right. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I could be a mob enforcer. Like, cause sometimes I just want to, or even when I see somebody talking on their phone in the car, it's just like, Stop. You know it's not right. Like, just stop right. doing that right now, and you could drive better. I guarantee it. What if you used your mafia powers for good, and you just drove around telling people to not be dicks? Dude, I'm going to TM that right now. Nobody steal that. That's my new superhero. That's all he does. He just uses his weight to be like, hey, you parked in front of a fire hydrant. Yeah. Don't do that. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> There's people in the crosswalk. You didn't wait. Oh, apparently, I'm very worried about vehicular motion. That's so. That's where all of my head goes to. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> One more side thing, really quick, just because it kind of caught in my head. This guy got fined on the internet for jaywalking, and he paid it in pennies. That shit's funny. That's really funny. So with that, we are going to slyly close on out of that bro section and open up into the hero section, where it's it's like I said in the beginning, it's a little bit different. Today, we're going to be talking about jackass now i don't give a fuck about copyright claims anymore guys so right now hopefully you're hearing the jackass theme whatever youtube go ahead and flag it i don't give a fuck this jackass theme has brought so much joy to me i can just not even count the amount of times you and me specifically i mean you brought up the fact that it was a generational thing so every 13 year old boy at the time was watching it but you and I watched it to the max. We found out things, and by we, you found out things by listening to the commentary tracks, and then you tell me about them, and going deep diving into that thing, and then from there, all the spinoffs, three movies with a fourth one coming out. It, it, it's been one of the staples, I think, of our friendship, because we even talked about it in the last episode, too, of like, we did some jackass things together. We've thrown each other into bushes. We've been in shopping carts. I don't think we ever slapped each other, though. That was one of the ones where I was like, I don't like that shit. I like pranks better. Like, just slapping yeah. somebody in the face seems hard. I think we played nutball once yeah. <laughs> with a few other people. If you ever ask my mom, that's all Jackass is. Jackass is only <laughs> one segment, and it's nutball, and that's it. 
Because if you bring up Jackass, she's going to go, oh, that's the show where they throw balls at each other's pee-pee guys, right? <laughs> Does your mom say pee-pee guys? Yeah. I love that. What was your penis but, called growing up, or was it just that? I My parents never talked about my, my ding-ding. So we never did it, but ding ding is my ding, ding, favorite thing. Okay. I I just started it because of Jackass, because of Johnny Knoxville. I heard him say in one of the Jackass movies, I rewatched them recently, like within the last six months or so. They were all on IFC, so I was watching them. And um I heard someone got hit in the dick in Knoxville from off camera. You can hear him off camera say, Oh, he got hit in the ding ding. And that's now it's just ding ding all day, every day. It's very, very funny. These little peepee guys. <laughs> yeah, because so now funny. I have the nephews. So, you know, sometimes right. they'll just be grabbing at it. It's like, you don't want to go, hey, get your hand off your cock. Because they're little <laughs> kids. So you go, hey, stop touching your peepee guy. <laughs> and that's how it was growing up. And yeah, now three more adults in this world, when they grow up, will say peepee guy like I do. I love it. I love that. But if you talk to my mom, yeah, there's a, there's only one jackass skit, and it's called Nutball. And they played it for 30 minutes every episode and made four <laughs> movies about it. <laughs> in and reality like, though it was actually pretty yeah. cool i watched do you have hulu yeah have you seen dumb yes oh yeah. dude i watched that this yeah. morning and i was like this is so good yeah back in the day skateboarders used to put out magazines and from what i learned there was two big ones thrasher and another one because i remember thrasher personally what whatever the other one was i don't remember Boy machine or is that just a brand. I don't think they had a magazine. Anyway, I don't remember. But eventually one guy goes, I'm going to make my own. And it's called Big Brother. And then that guy hires Jeff Tremaine. And the rest is kind of history from what I heard. Okay. One one magazine came out without Jeff. And then from there on, it was his. And I didn't know that it was eventually bought out by Larry Flint. Yeah. yeah. Which is another big thing. If people don't know his name, he's the hustler guy. So one day he's like, I think that we should also have something about maybe a uh, skateboarding. Rah. That's a really, really good impression of Larry Flint. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did it for one other person when I was in college. We watched the movie, The People versus Larry Flint. And I was doing it. I was talking to the teacher about it. And I was like, oh, the part where he goes, Rah. and she's like, that was a really good Larry Flint. And I was like, I yeah. do have one talent. I could do a Larry Flint. Long story short, that's Big Brother in this state right now, Westchester, Pennsylvania, Bam Margera was making CKY. The two came together and made Jackass. So that's that's as much history as we're really going to get into. But I found that so fucking interesting that two people on two different coasts were like, let's let's what what would this be like? Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know how like I don't know where you want to start or how you really want to go about it. But look, yes, sure. Did uh, a big guy with a mustache drawn on his upper lip pick me up and throw me into a bush and it cut my back and your grandma had to like basically stitch me up yeah was that because of jackass yeah did i once while everyone was sleeping in my parents house put on a jock strap and try to hang myself like, like hang the job hang from the jock strap from my door to try to do like an atomic wedgie to myself with no one looking yeah i did i was 13 and i wanted to be like these guys but jackass and I haven't always been like the perfect friend to all of my friends, but Jackass taught me how to love friends unconditionally. Jackass, like when I was a little kid, I loved baseball. And what's baseball? Teams. And then I lost interest in that and I got really into movies and stuff. And then I transitioned somehow into Jackass and CKY. And watching these guys, yes, they're hurting each other and they're hurting themselves, but they're always cheering one another on. They're always laughing with one another. They're always checking and making sure that they're okay. 
and they just love each other unconditionally in such a wonderful way that like that's what I take away from Jackass every time and that's why to me I can rewatch the movies again and again and again and again because they're all just like having a good time doing this thing and it's stressful and it's hard and they you know they obviously really hurt themselves but like they don't just do it for the money they do it because they also love one another as well and that's why I could talk about Jackass forever and ever and ever. And I, I always have time for it and I'll always revisit it. And if and when I have children, when the age is right, I will also show them Jackass and be like, these people love each other and you should love your friends the way they love each other. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that little piece of sentiment that we were able to put in there because a lot of people do not see that when they watch the show. Kind of like my mother, they jump to the thing of they must not like each other if they hurt each other so bad. But it's the opposite, you know? They really do cheer each other on to get hurt because, like, that's kind of the project. That's why they're there, in a sense, of, like, even though it might not make sense to other people, this is why we're here. I was watching something on hot sauces, and this guy was torturing himself by eating too much hot sauce. But he loved it, and he was having fun doing it. And I kind of think of it the same way of Jackass, of, like, yeah, to us, it seems really buffoonery, but they're also having a good time. Like, Ryan Dunn sticking a car up his ass is one of the funniest <laughs> things he thinks he's ever done, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, he didn't get coerced or forced into that. That is one of the best pranks to ever be done, if you ask me. The thing that's so good about that prank, too, is that, like, when someone thinks of Jackass who just kind of knows the periphery, who do you know, right? You know, Bam, you know, Johnny Knoxville, and you know Steve-O. Like, those are the three, like, faces of Jackass in a lot of ways. And that stunt, right, was originally for Steve-O. And he didn't do it. Because and you remember in the movie, his dad was like, "I'll just be really disappointed if you do it." And then you you hear how sad that makes Stevo, so he doesn't do it. But then when Stevo looks at the X-ray of his butt, <laughs> he laughs. But then he's also just like in awe of his friend, and he's just like, "That's just so gnarly! I can't believe." And he's kind of disappointed in himself because he didn't do it. And it's just like, you know, like the guy that works at Target and spends an hour building an action figure display in the toy section and walks away from that feeling really proud that he took the time to make it as good as he possibly could make it. It's not much different than Jackass. I mean, it's their job. They take pride in what they do and they want to do it to the best of their abilities. So it's just that they happen to like want to ride jet skis through <laughs> through walls and get shot out of cannons, the lakes, you know. When I look back on it, Ryan has some of my favorite ones. So really quick, obviously, rest in peace. It has now gone 10 years since his passing. People, don't drink and drive. Yeah, really crazy. Also, don't speed. Also, don't speed. Yeah, no, he could have not been drunk and still going that fast would have meant an instant death. But the doctor, when he's pulling him into the corner, he's like, look, look, you don't tell your boyfriend. You don't tell your girlfriend. (laughs) He knows. He's already too much. His reaction is the top five, one of the greatest things I've ever seen on film because he really is genuinely concerned. Like, uh, maybe you stuck it up your ass. <laughs> you can't swallow that. There's no way that got down because <laughs> Ryan's trying to convince him I swallowed it. Did you? Do you have access to? Um, how do you watch TV? Like, the internet mostly. If I try to go to the big channels, I gotta do rabbit ears. So I have okay, no cable. So- you don't, but do you don't have like a sling or a YouTube TV or like any of those things? No, Hulu. So I can yeah, watch like sure, stuff sure. the day after. So I don't know if it's on Hulu, but it's worth checking out. So Vice TV, like the Vice channel. Uh, I can also give you my login to Sling uh, for you to watch this if you're interested in it. it. Has a TV show. They have a bunch of documentary stuff. It's all really interesting. 
And one of they have is a one called Epically Latered, and it's about skateboarders. But they do one, well, they do one on Bam, which is really interesting to hear about like his early life. And this was made four or five years ago when he was kind of like trending upward. So it like ends on kind of a positive note. Um, and then, but they do another one, and this ties back to what we we're talking about about Spike Jones, and to go through Spike Jones's life and his career, and how he was one of the like founders of Jackass and one of the creators of Jackass, also shows you how much good and how much interesting, how many interesting things came out of Jackass. I mean, that guy won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, like. But then he also dressed up as an old woman. <laughs> and he did the one right where she's he's dressed head to toe in prosthetics and he's got a nightgown on and it gets stuck in the door and it gets ripped off and <laughs> she's naked. Really good. Really. <laughs> yeah. And I always think about the lady who owned the restaurant who just came out. I'm assuming it's one of those restaurants where they have paper tablecloths on a huge roll. And they yeah. crunkle one up, take a huge roll, cut it, put it down. Because she brings out this giant sheet <laughs> of, like, brown, hard paper. She's like, here, and just goes, Ugh, as she leaves yeah. almost. Because yeah. she thinks she's seeing. It's really awesome. It's a, I love the old people stuff the best. Yeah. Yeah, when he tries to steal things out of a convenience store dressed as an old man, really funny. When he, I, th- I think it's in the third movie where he's going to, like, He's the old, like, he's Irvin Zisman or whatever his name is, and he's got a kid with him, and they're going to look at motorbikes, and he gets on the bike, and he drives it through the front of the store. Classic. Really, really funny. Really, really funny. If it's not the... I, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Go, go, go. If it's not the same movie, then it's he's got his quote-unquote grandson with him, and he's letting him drink and smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and the one guy wants to confront him, and they're at downtown California, so they're up sitting on a bench for an outside eatery. And this guy comes up to him. He's like, you can't let your sick grandson drink. He goes, whatever. I could do what I want. And the guy goes, do you want to step outside? And John Knoxville goes, we're already outside, <laughs> numb nuts. <laughs> and to this day, it still makes me laugh. Man, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So we're like 12, 13 years old. I think if someone said to me at that age, like, who do you want to be more than anybody in the world? I would probably have said Johnny Knoxville. Like, that was my guy. Because he was like always in control. He was always doing the gnarliest shit. And I just thought he there's something so charming about him. And I think so much of like these little mannerisms that I carry throughout life, I think I've gotten from watching him. And I think my laugh is very much inspired by Johnny Knoxville. He didn't even wear them all the time, but I used to wear fake glasses sometimes before I had real glasses. And they were black and they were like thick framed because I wanted to have the glasses that Johnny Knoxville wore. I had this like football shirt and had just like, it was a red shirt and had a number on the front and it was like three quarter sleeves. And I wore that all the time because that was a shirt Johnny Knoxville wore. I started wearing Converse in eighth grade because Johnny Knoxville wore Converse. I don't know what, he always seemed like the responsible one, which is like such a funny thing to say because none of them were really responsible. But he always seemed like, he never threw up. He was always very responsible. Um, Yeah, yeah. And my favorite episode of Viva La Bam a jackass spinoff show essentially is the episode with Johnny Knoxville. And I remember going to school afterwards the next day and coming to you. I don't know if you remember this coming to you and be like, you watch people bam last night. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, Johnny Knoxville won that prank war. That's bullshit. And I was mad about it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what it was about him that just got me. So good. In my opinion, it's summed up in one skit where they're going to test the, 
the flying rubber balls. It's it's right. like it was used yeah. as I can't think of the word deterrent as a crowd deterrent or as a mob yeah. deterrent. So they put them on the front of embassies inside are a bunch of little rubber balls. They blow that shit up and you get struck, but it's non-lethal. So it's Ryan Dunn, Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera. Yeah. They see one goes off and Dunn is like, fuck that. Yeah. John um, Bam doesn't say much, but Johnny's like, come on, it's just loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kind of go into what you're saying about being in control and just being able to take it the prank goes on both done and bam drop johnny does not fall to the fucking ground it's another just awesome moment and then to kind of continue on with what you were saying about the charm bam is literally crying he's saying i'm a skateboarder i should yeah. be getting shot yeah right done is just kind of like uh he's writhing a little bit he's taking it how i think normal people would johnny's just like is this good as he circles his face <laughs> It's good. We're fine then. <laughs> and in that moment, he showed everything in which I just think you said of what you looked up to and definitely what I looked up to, too. Like fearless, the head of it, the gnarliest of the gnarly, you know, because Dunn was yeah. usually the one to take the biggest hits, if you ask me. And if he could it's, take more of a hit than Johnny, like that was that Johnny could take more pain than him in that instance. I was like, damn, that must have really fucking hurt. Well, what's funny, too, is that like, man. Thinking about everything you're saying and like tying it all together is really funny to me. And it's also, I think it's funny, Nick, that, and I hope you're okay with this. Like, I feel like when we talk about something, I'm like, this is how it affected my life. <laughs> I get real kind of deep into it. I hope that's okay. I, to, to this day in my life, carry that with me. Um, not the like, there's certain things that I know I can't do and I don't do them. Like if there's like a high bridge over a lake and no one will jump off the bridge into the lake. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. That's not going to be happening. But if there's something that's like bad or not pleasant or that no one will, no one is willing to do, I think about subconsciously, I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I think about like Johnny Knoxville being like, eh, I might as well do it and just see what happens. You know, like at work a lot, like I do, I work in like customer support, you know? So if there's like a really angry like person on the phone and no one wants to talk to them or no one wants to call them back, I say, fuck it, I'll do it. Why not? And I think it's so much so because of all of my jackass experiences and being like, this will be kind of funny. And to this day when like something scary is happening, I start laughing. Like I start giggling to this day. And I think so much so because that's how I saw them cope with their fear. So now that's how I cope with my fear. By being like, <laughs> like this is gonna hurt, or like something bad is gonna happen. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, uh, I got into a really bad car accident a few years ago, and everybody was fine, everybody was cool. Uh, but I got out of the car after it was over, and I just was like, <laughs> you know, because I I made it, and it's okay, you know. Yeah, I think that's another great impact that Jackass has had on my life is that like, fuck it let's just go let's just do it let's just see what happens and that definitely rubbed off on us as kids because i think we definitely talked about a last episode of we would go around our town documenting stuff sure you know we thought we were doing what they were doing in terms of let's just get a camera and go out and see what happens and to that day that's kind of what this podcast is of just like i could do it almost exactly what you just said i can do it so why am i not doing it what's the worst that could happen or just fucking make it just do it yeah and that's always been something that we've shared together that I've got picked up directly from you of just like, oh, yeah, you want to do something? Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. And I feel like that I definitely so. happened a lot, too, with Jackass of just like jumping off high stuff. Now, this is a question I specifically had in mind, whereas if you're on the Jackass set, you have to do one thing. Would you rather it be a prank, a stunt, 
or a gross out? Oh, gross so out. Like the three no. things that I think of is the poo cocktail. Yeah. Oh. The prank would be something, I guess, in along the lines. What's a, the crash test dummy? You know, he tries like it's the first ever skit in the first Jackass movie. It's not the dummy, actually. It's the crash, the car rental crash derby, some shit. Mm, sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now you have to be the uncomfortable guy of just like, yeah, I had a few drinks. Now I'm not gonna pay it, and you have to be that awkward guy of like keeping yeah. the thing going, or you have to be the car up your butt guy. <laughs> I would probably be the car up the butt guy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think of like all the Jackass things. The stuff that I think is so fun is like when they build the giant ramps and they do like the slip and slides into like the lake and stuff. And like the, um, yeah, like I would probably honestly do like, this sounds nuts and I don't know if faced with it, if I would really do it, but the like, uh, bull stuff, like in the, in the ranch, I wouldn't do any like getting bit by animals. I don't want to get bit by an animal. I don't want to puke. I don't want to get shit all over me. I don't want to do any. I'd rather just get hurt. Just hurt me. I <laughs> just like, yeah, a department store boxing. Sure, let's box. Why not? Like stilt boxing when they're on stilts and they're trying to box. That sounds so fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do all of that stuff. I'll get the thing that like Danger Aaron used to do, where he would get like the um, the big wheel and try to like scoot down things and like. I would do that stuff. I would do the thing where I would happily get hit in the face with that giant hand that goes around. I would, I would happily do that stuff. High five. That's really fun. <laughs> I believe that hand is in Johnny's time. house. <laughs> yeah, I love all that shit. I would happily do all of that. I feel like, are you more of a like public, like dress as an old person or like go and like piss someone off behind a counter? One of my favorite ones that Johnny does is he's trying to tie his shoes, but he's not actually tying his shoes. So, again, you can't see me because it's a podcast and you can't see me because there's a webcam. But you got to imagine I'm trying to bend all the way over to tie my shoes. So as he does it, he's just like. (laughs) And people are moving away from him and he's just kind of keeping getting in their way. I think, Yeah. yeah doing that the old man on the scooter is pretty funny if i was like the really fat person i would do the preston stuff and get a little person like one of my favorite ones is like preston if anybody doesn't know is a really not only just a tall guy but he's super duper fat as well super and he's dressed up in an outfit and he says hey can you hold my dog i gotta run into the pharmacy and get my script or whatever the fuck he says and then jason wee man akuna who is a little person is dressed in the same exact outfit says Oh, thanks. And he takes the dog and walks away as if it was and like the standing there. It's just like, uh, what just happened? Yeah. Do you remember the one where there's a, a porta potty near a bus stop bench and the guy's like, oh, oh, Preston's got to poop real bad. And he goes in there and they play a bunch of sound effects of him pooping. And then Wee Man steps out and he's like, woo. And there's a woman in that shot. There's a woman who she's sitting on the bench. She looks at Wee Man, looks away, and just screams at the top of her lungs. <laughs> I think there's there's that moment. I could see you doing this, too, when you were talking about with Knoxville tying his shoes and backing into someone. In that same episode, he does a thing where he's sitting next to, like, a guy who's probably homeless. And he's got a full bottle of wine. And Knoxville's just sitting there. and won't look at him. And he keeps inching closer to him. And the guy's not paying attention. He doesn't know what's happening. And then Knoxville goes to put his arm around him. <laughs> and the guy's like, hey, and he like pushes off of him. And he's like, Knoxville's trying to act as if nothing's going on. He's like, what are you talking about? And then he goes and 
he like takes a breath and then puts his shows to put his arm around him again. I can see you doing that and having a really great time doing that. Yeah. I like to fuck with people like that. That's so good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The other thing that was great about the show, if you ask me, is like they went out on the top. So there's not a lot of jackass seasons. No. There's not a lot of jackass episodes because eventually it's... Knoxville was like, I want to go out while we're on top. And they're already kind of starting to tell us what we can and can't do. And that's not how this show works. So I'm not going to do a show telling me what I can't do. Let's just go out on top. And then a movie studio is like, well, you got to do whatever you want. They're like, all right, let's make a movie. Yeah. And I think, too, like, think about that. Right. I think they did tw- maybe maybe 24 episodes at most 24 episodes. And from where it started the first couple of episodes are all collections of cky and big brother stuff they didn't shoot a lot of original things for the first few episodes and then so the first half of the first season is just like whatever really low budget unknowns people just doing whatever they got to do flash forward to the end of season three which sounds like a long time but again it's you know we're talking like maybe 18 19 episodes later they're kidnapping Brad Pitt in front of a hot dog stand. So like what a quick trajectory, like skyrocket right to the moon. And, you know, now you've got Brad Pitt involved. Shaq is involved towards the end with some episodes. Like they did it the right way. And Knoxville also got out and had a pretty good movie career too. Continues to have a pretty good movie career. Yeah. For those who don't know, he's in men in black too. And when that happened, I was like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Yeah, he did a movie that I highly recommend everyone checking out. If you haven't checked it out already, this goes for every generation that listens to this because I think everybody would enjoy this. Uh, he did a movie called Grand Theft Parsons, where he plays the roadie of Graham Parsons, famous musician. And this is a true story. And Graham Parsons dies. And before he dies, he tells his roadie, a.k.a. Johnny Knoxville, I want to be burned in the desert, like set me free in the desert. Like this is where we're happiest, like do that. So it's like the story of him trying to get this body from where it was, like where it's found into this desert to burn it. And then like, you know, his ex-wife is after him to try to get the body. His dad's after him to get the body. And it's like, it's a dramedy. He's playing a pretty serious role. And have you ever seen Knives Out? I started it. I actually fell asleep during it. Oops. There's a cat in that movie who you know. He's been in a million things. And he plays like Johnny Knoxville's right-hand man in it. And he's like a hippie. Michael something. He's very good. Um, Shannon? There's a lot of good people. Yeah, Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. He's Zod. There you go. Superman. Every time I hear his name, all I think of, where did you train? On a farm? (laughs) Sorry. Have you ever seen Premium Rush? Is that like a uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a bike messenger in New York? I saw that. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. And he's in it, and he's great in that. He's yeah. so good, Michael Shannon, in that. The movie's yeah, but he's really good in it. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good at playing not a great person. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good people in that movie, and it's worth checking out. Sorry, he's also in Groundhog Day. Michael Shannon, really? That's how big his part is. So at the very end. There's a married couple, and I think they go, it's Monster Trucks or WrestleMania. I don't know which one it is. But he gives, Bill Murray's like, here, I got you a wedding gift. And he goes, WrestleMania? Or I think it's actually Monster Trucks. I don't know. Michael Shannon's in that movie for like this much. That's anyway. awesome. 
It is. He's also a musician too, and I think he's been in, in some pretty successful bands. He's he's very talented, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, he's a good dude. But apparently he did a movie with Johnny Knoxville, and that's how we got there. For anybody who's like, why are we talking about Michael Shannon right now? That was my fault, yeah. sorry. He does a great job in that movie. And Johnny Knoxville is just, yeah, he's the best. He's the best. And the last thing that we're definitely going to check out, too, is uh, Jackass 4. Can you fucking believe oh they're God. really going to do a fourth one? Yeah, you know, I've heard, I've, I've sometimes I fall into Steve-O YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah, and, too, yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard a little bit that like first I've heard him say that like they're doing some of the gnarliest things they've ever done in this Jackass four movie, which I think is really interesting because like you can't get much gnarlier than a lot of the things they've already done. But I think they're also going to be bringing in new people to do things because they're older, which I also think is pretty interesting. Hey, did you ever see Action Park? Yeah, I didn't like it very much. I didn't either. But you know, Knoxville said that's the movie he got the most hurt on ever was action park. I would believe that because nobody thinks about it as much yeah. as they do on there. I bet. Cause I heard the insurance for these movies are crazy. Sure. I believe that where they want to do gnarly that. stuff and nobody will insure it. Do you, how do you feel about this whole jackass four thing? I mean, no Ryan Dunn, no bam bam's off the movie too. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about, but didn't want to end on a complete downer. But it is something worth note. So Ryan Dunn, as we've previously said, has been dead for 10 years. Yeah. And the idea of a fourth movie came around pretty close after he died. And it was like, Jackass 4, done. Was going to be oh, the name of nice. it or something like that. And then that fizzled out and it came back. Now, in the meantime, Bam has been just really struggling with uh, really hard time. substance abuse. Yeah, I think it personally, he's on an upper. I don't know. I think he's on coke or meth or something. I think it's pills. That's what I've heard. If we want to get into it, yeah, I've I've been told multiple times that it's pills. Interesting. So, but he's yeah. been doing a lot of stuff. He brings up Action Park. You know, he says that he got fired because Paramount is owed money from Jeff Tremaine because of how poorly Action Park did. And if they didn't put Bam in the movie, that was money they saved to automatically pay back for the deficit. And that's the only reason I'm not in Jackass, is what Bam said. Now, on the flip side of that story, from what I've heard, they said, dude, you can't do nothing. Nothing. I don't even want you to take a beer. You know, if you come to do this, you, you play clean or you don't play at all. And he drank. And they were like, see ya. And that's that's what actually happened. And then yeah. his retort to that was fucking Jackass 3 was sponsored by Miller Gold Life. Like, you're going to kick me out for drinking a beer? It got taken so far that even recently, really recently, Jeff Tremaine now has a restraining order oh, on him. Right. Yeah. All this yeah, like nonsense. Like family or something. Yeah. He's threatening him, saying that he took away his money. He took money out of his and his son's mouth. Bam is saying this about Jeff and that he's coming for it. It's really interesting to me that, you know, it actually really kind of fucks with me. When thinking about Bam, and maybe he had a reason behind this, who knows? But like, this is a super, super deep cut that I know you and I are familiar with, and maybe other people who are this deep into the jackass world. Not just the movie Haggard, but the making of documentary about the movie Haggard and how that ends with this whole idea of Brandon Novak, their friend Brandon Novak, and how he was like really struggling with heroin for a really long time. And like, how do we figure this out? How do we do this? And he's sober now. Novak is like sober, a little kooky. You know, if you ever go to his Instagram, he's a little kooky. You know, a lot of like, he kind of talks in sound bites a lot now. 
Uh, I think he does a lot of motivational speaking, a lot of, you know, speaking at rehabs, et cetera, et cetera, which is like, great, good for him. But it's weird because if you go back and watch, especially the later seasons of Evil of Bam and then that weird show that they did about him getting married. Uh, Bam's Unholy Union. Yikes. Uh, ugh, yikes uh, indeed. Yeah. It's really just like Novak is clearly hurting and he's clearly in a bad space. And it just feels like they're enabling him the entire time. And that feels kind of gross looking back on it. It makes me feel kind of gross about Bam. And the fact that Novak, I guess, and him are still really close and still like hang out all the time. But like Novak isn't like, hey, man, maybe you need to get some help. It's also kind of weird to me, too. Like, look, I mean, I'm obviously as far away from that situation as any human being possibly could be. But, like, that all feels very weird to me that, like, he isn't getting the help he needs when one of the people he's closest to in the world are, like, is someone who is in recovery and is, like, a counselor and, like, an interventionist and, like, having these conversations with people. But he won't do anything for Bam. It's, It's strange. Well, definitely, you need to ask for the help to want it. I guess it's a good, that's a, it's a good point. It's really because he doesn't think he has a problem again from being as far removed as I am, but asshole puts a lot of stuff on the internet. So right. I don't, exactly. you know, I can be a little bit involved and no, because he put it out there. But the other thing too, is Steve-O Steve-O is actually a quote unquote jackass. Not that Brandon's not, he's in the movies. He's gets his fun little name tag, but Steve-O right. is going to be top billed on jackass for like, that's pretty crazy. He went through his whole thing. That's another fucked up documentary. If you have time, anybody on, on YouTube. YouTube, the yeah. rise and demise of Steve-O, man. There's that scene where he's doing the whippets and he's just. Crazy. <laughs> it is. It's fucking wild. But like, he's another guy who's like talking a bunch. They filmed that also. Who's like, that. dude, I went there. I've been there. You yeah. knew what you were saying when you said you weren't going to fuck around on this set. And if we don't hold you responsible, who is? Who we're is, doing right? this because we love you. So it is hard to watch if you ask me, but it's tough. It's tough. You know what? Also side note, this is, um, keep this or don't. Um, have you ever gone on YouTube? I mean, it's a podcast too, but I've watched the videos of bathroom break. Have you heard of this? Dude, I was just about to say that to you as well. Fucking a, cause apparently this is hosted by Rab himself. Who's also, yeah. his name is Brandon, okay. but I heard on the last day of shooting, he looked at somebody who said, this is it. They went, yeah, this is it. And he went, no, 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 no. This is it. You're not calling me. There's nothing after this. They went, yes. They called cut and he left and yep. left. Yep. Yep. And that's the, it's, it's the funny thing, man. It's sad. Cause like we talk about jackass, right? Like, but the CKY crew was so much what like spoke to me. Cause like Brandon DiCamillo is like one of my guys, like, He's so funny. He's another guy that like I took a lot of inspiration from. And like Rab himself was also like very funny. And like his character in Haggard is like one of my favorite fucking things ever. I've got three D's and an F, but at least I passed. Yeah. yeah. I actually got three D's and an F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's telling that man. story on the toilet. <laughs> Bam is like, dude, I hate your cousin. And then he turns to Brandon and goes, See, I told you he hated me. Still breaks my heart. It's still funny. I watched that movie for the first, like, I have a friend who loves Jackass, but, like, it hasn't really seen CKY, doesn't really know Haggard. She's really smart, like, super, super smart, and, like, loves reading and is really well-educated, but loves Jackass, loves watching people fall down. 
And I was like, you got to see Haggard. We watched Haggard. She was like purple in the face watching rap. Just like everything he did and watching it with someone who had never seen it before at the age we're at. It's just so fucking ridiculous. It's so funny. It's so ridiculous. And that's the thing that broke my heart a little bit is like, I don't, again, I don't know everything. And I don't know if anyone will ever know everything, but like when you wake up in the morning and you look around and no one that you've known your whole life and have been surrounded by for the last 10 years is around you anymore. And they're all in other places and you're not speaking to them anymore. Something went wrong. Something happened, you know, like Brandon disappeared, doesn't talk to anybody anymore, like has a family and is just like doing his thing and like being a regular dude. Rab went and got sober because he was all fucked up. He went, got sober and like is in LA doing movie stuff. And like Ray Kion's a chemist <laughs> and uh, Ryan Dunn's dead, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I wish nothing but the best for Bam Margera. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, guys, Jackass has meant a lot to us. The fourth movie's coming out. There's three movies before that. There's tons of seasons for everybody to catch up on. What? What's up? There's actually, so there's three movies, and then there's 2.5s on top of that. Which is weird. But they do shoot so much, so there is like five movies. And it's funny that you say that, because I think 3.5 might be my favorite. So, again, I can't say enough. Rest in peace, Dunn, because he was, in my opinion, he was my favorite guy. He's sitting with Bam, and they're in the director's chairs. And Bam's director's chair, I don't know what the fuck. You would have thought they did it on purpose, but it's just crumbling under him. And Dunn's just looking at him like, I know you're not stupid. What the fuck don't you understand about chairs that's just eluding you right now? And then eventually just all together gives out on him. And Dunn's just there like, (laughs) you know, what's funny is thinking about that now, just a quick aside. And then we're wrapping up. But you were random hero. Like you wanted to be like. I always wanted to be Knoxville and I had some dumb name and you just took Random Hero and you were that and you'd wear like the beanies with the brims and stuff because that was what Dunn did. Yeah, you were done. Thanks. So I appreciate funny. that. That does make me feel because he was, he was, I tried. He was a cool guy and I can't, can't believe he's not with us to be honest. It sucks. Yeah, crazy. Really crazy. But with that super high note, I think that is how we're going to end. Yeah. Not to be too <laughs> too down on everybody just a little joke there uh jackass was formative for us uh years later we're still talking about it i'm sure when the movie comes out we're going to talk about it more i think we definitely threw a curveball out there with jackass this time but it was a good time as always sir thank you so very much nick it's a pleasure thank you uh i will do this a million times if you ask me to i love it i love everything thank you so much Thank you to all the listeners out there, everybody. If you can, just do the liking, subscribing, all that fun stuff. I would very much appreciate it. But at the end of the day, the thing I can't ask for enough is just word of mouth, you know? Tell a friend, because I'm telling you, if you have a friend who likes Bud Bros or superheroes, have I got a fucking show for you. My name is Ben <laughs> McDames. My name is Roy. Thank you so much. And Bud's Bros and superheroes are out of here.